So if you would, turn with me to Daniel chapter 11, uh, 12. Sorry, not 11. Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. And as you can see, if you have turned there, if you've been following along with us for any time in these past uh, 13 weeks, this is the 13th week of covering Daniel, you'll know that this is it. This is the end of Daniel. And so in some ways, I'm a little sad about that, really. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed studying Daniel. I hope that you've uh, also been impacted by this powerful, shorter, 12-chapter book. And so we're going to end, uh, hopefully well today, with, with these last words that we find in Daniel. I just want to read the first four verses, and then I'm going to drop down to verse 13. Follow along with me, if you will. At that time shall arise Michael the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Drop down with me to 13. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you for this precious book that you have entrusted to us to your church, and has been passed down now for thousands of years. We now read from these ancient words, but must today hear a modern word for us. Make it so, we pray. Apply it to our lives, we ask in your most holy name. Amen. Well, as I said, this is the end, and... Goodbyes are always tough. They don't always sit with us just right. I mean, when you love people, places, and things, it's difficult to depart from them. Uh, I found that out just yesterday as we departed the beach. It's a place that I really enjoy going with our family. We all do. We love it. And when you have to say goodbye, it's this mixture of gladness and sadness all at the same time. Or maybe think of a loved one of yours that you love deeply and you've told them goodbye. For instance, in my life, my pappy, who you've heard me talk about so much, my dad's dad. Also, just this year, Dennis Kinlaw, very influential person in my own life and in the Holiness Methodist tradition. Dallas Baggett, locally here, a Nazarene preacher that early on uh, influenced my own life. ...as a young preacher. Roman Miller, just this past week... ...in our own Association of Independent Methodists... ...passed away, a godly man... 
preacher for many years was a drunk that then God radically delivered. It's tough to say goodbye. And goodbyes don't really feel right. They don't feel like it should be the end. If you've ever had a loved one die, you know this. It doesn't feel right. Something doesn't sit right with us. And I believe it is that feeling that ought to be a hint and a sign that things are not the way they should be. But that maybe they can be made right. Sir Winston Churchill uh, gave this to you a couple weeks back and I just couldn't help but say it again. He says this, Now this is not the end. It is not even the beginning of the end. But it is perhaps the end of the beginning. And this is truly where we find ourselves at the end of Daniel. It's the end, yes, but it's not the end with a final period. It's the end of something, but the beginning of another. Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was hung by the Germans in 1945, he said this at the end of his life. He said, this is the end for me, the beginning of life. Now, how could someone say that when they're going to be hung in a few weeks. It's because of Easter resurrection. It's because what happened at Easter, Daniel was able to foresee, Bonhoeffer was able to look back upon. You see, we're ending this series and we're also at the same time ending this season of Easter. For next week is Pentecost. But we're ending it where we really began, and that is with resurrection. Resurrection still stands as the theme and answer all the way through, not only the book of Daniel and of ultimately the Bible, but of this season of Easter. Without resurrection, we truly are a hopeless people. And it's interesting today, well, I didn't plan this, but it's interesting that, that as we end with this idea of resurrection on chapter 12, that it's actually Memorial Day weekend, where we remember people who were willing to lay down their life for something greater than just a momentary span of years. They were willing to give up their youth, give up their middle ages, their later ages, for the sake of something greater. And It would all be for naught unless there truly is good in the world. Unless there truly is something worth laying down your life for. If not, then it's just basic instinct of survival. But these people were not just about survival. They weren't going to run under a rock. For nearly 150 years, Americans have gathered in late spring to remember and honor the sacrifice of those who have given their lives in the service of the United States of America. And as we think about Memorial Day today, in light of the resurrection, in light of eternity, we can honor the fallen. We can honor those because we have a belief that their sacrifice was actually worth something. It was not forgotten. That it was meaningful. And that in some form, it's a sign of something more. 
I mean, I often joke with my students that humans really matter. And how I know this is because on my drive to Calhoun, back and forth, back and forth, I often see roadkill. But I never see the FBI. I never see the police investigating. I never see CSI out there. A dead possum? Eh, we can pass that one by. A dead body? Everything will stop. Roadblocks up? Everybody's coming out to see what's going on. Humans matter. I came across a story recently of... Jack Kelly, first lieutenant in the Army Air Corps. And he was in World War II. Interestingly, he flew over a place that I've flown into and flown out of in order to get to India, which is Frankfurt, Germany. And he was shot down over Frankfurt, but he was never recovered. So he went into MIA, missing in action. And the family never had resolution to what actually happened to him. And... Until recently, there may be some light shed on it because even this many years after this individual died or went missing or went away, we don't really know what happened at this point, people are still trying to figure it out. So, Carrie gets a phone call the other day because this is her uncle and the genealogists are still trying to figure out and think that they might have some clues possibly now to what happened. All these years later, someone is still searching for this one individual. Just think of the people who laid down their lives in World War II. In other words, they're not forgotten. People really do matter. But why? If we die and just go away and there's nothing, it really shouldn't matter, right? But see, there's something in us, isn't it? There's something that tells us that's just not right. It's, I think it's why we have this, again, subjective feeling, yes. But it's a real feeling that when people die, they're still somewhere. They just don't disappear. And it's a universal feeling. It's a universal sentiment. And I think it's because God had placed it there. <laughs> so, let's orient ourselves back here to the text at hand, which is chapter 12. Remember, 10, 11, and 12 are all a piece. It's one vision extended over three chapters, three episodes, if you will, but one event. And in many respects, it's the main event of the book. Everything's building toward this. Everything comes down to this, which is the time of the end, which is this idea of resurrection. Now, what you end up having here, and I mentioned this last week, was a, is a telescoping of events. So just like a telescope, right? The longer you extend it out, the more further out you're going to be able to see. But your vision sort of gets restricted, you know. Uh, you're not seeing a panoramic view with a telescope. And so as we get to Antiochus Epiphanes, who is predicted, remember we talked about last week... In the 2nd century, he's predicted, this is way back before that, in the time of Daniel, in the 500s, uh, you actually have now a prophecy that extends beyond the 2nd century to the end. So in other words, at the end of chapter 11, he branches out the telescope, in other words, telescopes it out to something more than just the near future to the distant future. And so one of the things that we, or several of the things that we actually 
see happening here in both 11 and 12 is the rise of the Antichrist. This is all sort of the terminology of Revelation, but seen in the events that Daniel speaks about, the tribulation, war, and invasions. We looked at that last week. The battle of Armageddon, the return of Christ to defeat the Antichrist. In other words, I love what it says in chapter 11, 45b, yet he shall come to his end with none to help. That's the Antichrist. So, finally, out of all the evil people in the world that have ever ruled, there'll be one last evil person, the Antichrist, who really sort of summarizes everyone else who's come before him, and then God will also take care of him, and it'll be the end. Which, it, which should deserve an amen. It really should. Um, and also then the resurrection from the dead. Which is really a foreign concept to everybody else but believers. True resurrection. And then of course the glorious kingdom talked about in 12.3. So while studying for this, uh, this series on Daniel... Uh, I listened to it quite a bit in my, in my vehicle, in my truck. So I would just plug it into my auxiliary. I hope you know that you know, your phone can actually do that. There's a free app called the Bible app. And it'll actually read the Bible to you. So you say, I'm not just not much of a reader. That's okay. There's people out there that are willing to read it to you. If you just use a smidge of your data, they can read the whole book to you on your way to work. Somebody say your work is 20 minutes. You can actually, that guy can plug through 20 minutes, trust me. I mean, the guy I listen to, he's, he's on a roll. So I often listened to the book of Daniel. And it really gives you some different perspective than, than sort of you reading it yourself. Not just the accent, but gives you a different perspective to hear it read in totality all 12 chapters. And there's only one place in all 12 chapters of Daniel that I actually laughed out loud at. And it happens to be in our, in our text today, uh, in Daniel 12... He says this, look at 8, the angel, by the way, remember the two angels that he was talking to, the one in linen and all that, that we saw in chapter 10, they're talking to him, talking about the future, and he says, I heard, but I did not understand, and, uh, and, I just, and, and the, uh, the New Living Translation says a little bit better, it says, I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant, and oftentimes that's the way I feel about the Bible, and I think really it's the way we ought to feel ...about this idea of resurrection. We hear it a lot. You've heard it probably all your life if you've been in church... ...and if you've been a Christian for any time... ...you've heard of resurrection and that it's important... ...and yet many of us still don't understand... ...why it is important. That it is God's plan of salvation... ...and there is nothing else. In other words, there's not a plan B. Resurrection is plan A and it's the one that will happen. It's the one that we will go with... I watched um, E.T. recently with my children. I had not seen that movie. I mean, I was probably eight years old when I saw it. I, have no, I don't even remember actually watching it. I just know that I've seen parts of it. Maybe I had just YouTube parts of it. And, I, you know, E.T., phone home, I'm, all this kind of stuff. You know, I, I knew little sayings from it. But I, I had never, I guess, watched it all the way through. And I learned quite a bit when I watched it with them. I mean, who knew that E.T. dies? I didn't know that. I'm like, I mean, dude dies. I'm like, what, 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 what's going on here? I thought he went home. But he dies. 
And then something happens that I find all too common in my most favorite movies and the greatest stories ever told. Guess what it is? Resurrection. The kid walks away. He's sobbing. Everybody's sad. But you just don't feel like it should be over. Surely this extraterrestrial isn't going to end like this. And of course, he doesn't. He rises again. And it reinforced to me, as I've seen many times before, in the epic stories that have been written about all the good ones, resurrection is the key. It's crazy. (laughs) Just to list a couple of my favorites, as you already probably know. Think about Neo. He gets all shot up. He is dead. But he rises again. No. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Think of Gandalf, our precious gray, Gandalf the Gray, who wrestles with the Balrog, the demon, falls down, smites him on the mountain, and resurrects as Gandalf the White. Think of Harry Potter, who by sheer love of his mother is protected from evil, love. Who would have thought of that? Who would have thought that was the greatest weapon of all? (laughs) You'd have felt like she was actually reading as she wrote this, the Bible. Think of Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia. The children are weeping. The mice are chewing because the mice know something that the children don't know. And that is there's a secret magic That's before the witch's magic, and that is resurrection. Resurrection. In other words, evil will not win in the end. (laughs) Uh, All of these are echoes of a voice. So when a secularist writes a good story, it's going to have love at the center. Sacra official love and resurrection life at the center because that's the only way to tell a good story. Because it is the story that God is telling. And he tells the best stories. And so this voice that is being echoed in the movies we watch, in the stories, in the sitcoms where we think, oh, we have five minutes left, I know everything's going to turn out right. Because that's how they work. Things just don't sit with us when they don't come together at the end. And it's because these are echoes of the truth. Echoes of a voice. A voice that we hear clearly in scripture. The voice that has a name. Not just a title. But a name. A personal name. A voice that has echoed through our own atmosphere of time and space, this voice, this echo that we hear, if we will listen, is the voice, none other than the person of Jesus Christ. And it is His voice that I call you to believe in. Just like me, when I was surprised by E.T.'s resurrection, I was also at the same time encouraged... That even E.T. understands. 
something that I need to understand in my own life. And that is resurrection will happen. Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And when we try to listen to that voice, when we hear an echo of the truth, as C.S. Lewis and Tolkien called mythology, unfocused truth. When we hear that, there will be another who will come and assist us, who is the Holy Spirit, and assist us to understand and help us to believe that there's more than just 72 years to life. There's more than just 103, four years of life, like my great-grandmother. There's more than just 10 years to life. Even in the miscarriage of a baby, they will be resurrected. There's resurrection, hope. But you know, the resurrection itself is not our hope. It's the person of the resurrection. The person of Jesus Christ, who of himself tells us, I am the resurrection and life. But for some reason, we don't hear that. For some reason, in our mind, we think wrongly about salvation, about following Jesus, about what this all will be in the end. Somehow we've conjured up ideas of harps and marshmallow-like clouds, streets of gold, when in fact, God has resurrection in store for us. N.T. Wright says, despite what many people think within the Christian family and outside of it, the point of Christianity isn't to go to heaven when you die. It's resurrection life in Jesus Christ. Your body, my body, being taken just as his, dead and yet made new and glorified. My brother used to sleep on all our vacations, and we still joke about this. He would sleep in the vehicle as we passed by all these different cities, all these different monuments and sites. He would just sleep through them all. He did not care. And he missed quite a bit, in my opinion. And I was thinking about that this morning, and I thought, you know, we too, on this journey of the Christian faith, oftentimes just kind of sleep through the week. We may wake up for Sunday... But during the week, we just kind of cruise them through. And I know, I understand, you know, the greenery and foliage that's all around the highways and interstate on this road gets pretty boring sometimes. But every once in a while, you'll catch a glimpse of something beautiful, a mountain, a city structure that's beautiful. And I believe that God allows all of us at times, if we will remain awake, alert, as the scriptures call us to be, sober-minded, that we'll be able to see glimpses of resurrection life around us. We cannot miss this. It is God's way of salvation. 
It is not about just the forgiveness of sins. That's just the beginning. That'd be as if, you know, Jessica and I are celebrating 13 years tomorrow of being married. If we simply stopped at the wedding, how much more would we have missed? Okay, it's done now. No. Forgiveness. Entrance into the faith. Baptism. It's just the beginning. It is a foretaste. This meal is a foretaste of resurrection life. New and glorified. I'll never forget Billy Coppage came to our church and he talked about his time as a missionary in Africa. And how a little girl, well many had come, but this, this one little girl had been very mistreated by the tribal people that were around that would normally you know, chop off arms and just mutilate children, women, whatever. Didn't care just for the powerful effect of it. And her face had been burned. The whole side of her face had just been burned, desecrated. And he said, what does the good news of Jesus offer to somebody like that? To the one that has a disability. The only answer is a new body. The only answer is resurrection life. When things have been taken from us, when this world has crushed us, whether physically or emotionally or spiritually, God offers healing. But it doesn't always come in this life. But it absolutely will come in resurrection life. And they lived happily ever after. This is the way fairy tales end, right? This is what we expect of a fairy tale. A fairy tale wouldn't be a fairy tale if it did not end like that. And I've often wondered, what does it mean to live happily ever after? We're just simply not told. I believe that the writers don't tell us because we don't really understand what it means to live happily ever after. But God does. And Daniel saw it, friends. John the Revelator, he saw it. He saw what it means to live happily ever after. And the stories that we tell don't talk about it because we would mess it up because we've never seen it before. But God's Word has, and we can believe God's Word to us through Daniel. God has put eternity in our hearts, in the soul of man. This comes from Ecclesiastes. The preacher tells us in Ecclesiastes 3, he says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. The old, the middle-aged, the young... Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Again, we're only allowed to look through the telescope, and the telescope is limited. But we can believe what we are able to see. As I often say, God has us on a need-to-know basis. We only need to know these things. And the rest, we have to trust his sovereignty. And Daniel, 
did. The prophets did. Think of Abraham who was told to go sacrifice his son. And when he took Isaac, he went to the mountain. He gathered up the things to go take him up there and kill him. But here's what he told his servant. He said, the child and I will be back. Why did he say that? Because even Abraham believed in resurrection life. He didn't believe that death was the final period to the end of the movie. He knew they would come back on the scene and something else would happen. And that something else, he may not have been able to coin it in the terminology we can, but it was resurrection life. Think of Job, who says, God, nobody understands my predicament and what happened. They all question me. But I know that my Redeemer lives and He will stand on the earth with me. Wasn't Daniel just told this? But go your way, Daniel, to the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Was he not told this in verse 2? And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to everlasting shame and contempt. And notice the kind of people who shine brightly, who are the real stars and superstars of our world. Notice in verse 3 who they are. They are the righteous ones. The ones who live rightly. Not only that, the ones who turn many to righteousness. If your only job in this life is to turn people to Jesus, you're going to shine bright like the sun because you're reflecting the sun, Jesus himself. Now, resurrection is not reconstruction. In other words, God is not going to be reconstructing things. He's going to be resurrecting them, not from the old, but into the new and a glorious body just as His body. And so it's symbolic when we lay someone in the grave as a Christian, we face them toward the east, you may know. All graveyards are facing toward the east. All the bodies are buried toward the east so that when Christ comes, they are already facing Him. Kind of like when Gandalf said, look for me in the east. When the east, you know. Anyway, if you don't know Lord of the Rings, then forgive me. But we bury their body like planting a seed and the resurrection is the harvest of that seed. It's also not resuscitation. Resurrection is not resuscitating. We can do that, medically speaking. That's not what God is going to do. You will die. Die all the way. And your body will deteriorate and go away. And he promises to put it back together all anew. Jesus even says, Behold, in Revelation, I am making all things new. And he is. You see, resurrection life is not just life and death. We all have life and we all will die. It's not even life after death. Because after your death, you won't be resurrected right away. 
The people that are in heaven that I mentioned earlier are not resurrected yet. So it's not life and death. It's not life after death. But rather, resurrection life is life after life and death. It's at the end. This is what Daniel saw. He saw the end. And that is resurrection. You see, heaven and earth are made one. God and man are made one. Justice will be done. Relationships restored. Beauty fulfilled. The final consummation of all things. The story will wrap up. Right now when people die, we say, they were too young. That was not right. And we're correct to say that. But one day, somehow, and only God could do this, he'll make all things right. He'll gather up all the wrongs, all the loose ends of the story, and the story will finish well. And Daniel saw this. He saw it and reported it to us. He said, look, I heard it. I didn't understand it all, but I'm reporting it to you. I'm going to just leave that right there for you. N.T. Wright in his book, Simply Christian, says, But one day the veil will be lifted. Earth and heaven will be one. Jesus will be personally present. And every knee shall bow at his name. Creation will be renewed. The dead will be raised. And God's new world will at last be in place. Full of new prospects and new possibilities. This is what the Christian vision of salvation is. Is all about. We limit what we mean when we say, Are you saved? This is what the Christian vision of salvation is it's bringing heaven here to earth. I mean, this is what our Christian icon is doing on the front of our bulletin. If you actually notice, his garments are up because he's actually coming down. He's not, it looks like he's lifting up. He's actually coming down. And if you notice, here's the cross and here's Hades or hell. And here's the keys to death, hell and the grave. He is pulling us up because he came down. And just as our reading had just a moment ago, just as we confess with our, in our creed, he's going to come back. We believe that he will come back for us. And that he's going to make things right. And he will. And that's what resurrection is. This world is a great sculptor's shop. We are the statues. And there's a rumor going around the shop. That some of us are someday going to come to life. So says C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. Just like Pinocchio. There's a rumor going around. That we, wooden and boring as we are, can be made into something so much more. The things you feel like you missed out on either will drop to the side because they never were God's design. Or they will be fulfilled in true felicity and happiness. I believe that. And that's why I can say no to sin. It's why you can say no to sin. Because following your own impulses and passions is never going to fulfill you because you were made for something far greater. You can say no. And you should say no. 
Because saying no is part of living out resurrection life now. So let's start living like that. I believe it's the real main theme of Daniel. As we close this down, I believe it is the main point of Daniel, really. Is Daniel lived a life that wasn't just based on his current circumstances. Because why? Because despite current circumstances or even future things that might happen, Daniel understood something, and that is God is in control. And so, Daniel stands tall in the gallery of God's remarkable servants. And even at great personal cost, Daniel spent his entire life advising his captors with unusual wisdom. But God chose him as his servant to record some of the events of the captivity and some significant events for us about the future. And as an old man, having been faithful to God throughout all of his years, Daniel was assured by God that he too would rise from the dead and receive his portion in God's eternal kingdom. Faithfulness to God, my friends, has a rich reward. Not necessarily in this life, but most certainly in the life to come. We must trust in God's sovereign plan, even though we don't understand it all. We will never understand it all until he resurrects us. There's, a, there's an old, beautiful hymn. Uh, I'm not very good at singing it, but, but I'm going to give it a shot here that I think kind of poetically captures this. Maybe you know it if you do sing along. This is my Father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied and Earth and heaven be one. Wow, I know there's different versions of that song, but I think those really encapsulate for us in a song form what it is we're talking about when we say resurrection, life. So let me leave you with some wise words of prayer. What better way than to close down the book of Daniel with prayer? And it's a liturgical prayer from... Holy Communion that has been said for hundreds of years. Maybe you know it well. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. May that be our prayer today as we respond to this call to live like we're already being resurrected. That we already have resurrection life in us. 
Because if we live by faith in God as baptized people of God, sharing in the communion of God with His holy people, we are in fact in that kingdom, in His church, and we are people with good news to share. So let's be that today. Let's ask God to help us be that. Come to Him in faith today without delay. Amen.